Welcome to the Naturopathic Life and Living Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Francis, where I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things underneath the sun, everything that has to do with life, living, and your healthcare. So today I want to talk about Mars retrograde. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about because right now, apparently, we're in Mars retrograde. And I never really paid very much attention to astrological terms and things like that before. I mean, I've looked into it. I know about sun signs and different houses and and all of that, but I never really delved that deeply into it to get a working understanding of how to easily create charts and know what all of those planetary interactions meant and all of that. I never really focused on it before. There's a lot of stuff happening right now all around me and that shows me that there's a lot of people going through the same thing. And as we expand our circles and communities out, it just shows even more how widely spread all of these changes are, which essentially tells me there's something to this. Apparently, Mars retrograde means that the planet is moving so quickly that it appears to be moving backwards because from our perspective, we're seeing it on Earth in a way differently than somebody on a planet closer would be or even on that planet would be able to see things. So that's exactly how things are in relationship dynamics, right? When we're the ones that are in the middle of going through whatever it is we're going through, we've got our perspective, but somebody else watching us might think that we're doing shit a little bit backwards or we might be really into doing whatever it is that we're doing and we don't see it from the same perspective as somebody on the outside, right? It's just basic normal physics. Our perspective alters what we see how we experience things, all of that. Basically, any internet search that you do talking about Mars retrograde is going to let you understand whether it's some of my research has shown me some really in-depth pages, some of them not so much. Basically, the commonality amongst the different web pages that I was able to find was just talking about how this is more of a time for reflection, for the resurfacing of old wounds, for the reevaluation of progress that you're trying to make, of things that have happened in the past, of how to move from one place to another, more of like a self-reflection. And instead of having those projects where we're running forward super, super fast, I on the prize, focused, intense, motivated, all of that, this is more of a time of reflecting back, reevaluating, really getting clear on what it is that you're looking for because it's a time where things might not appear as they seem, right? Because that planet's not actually moving backwards. It just appears to be moving backwards. So new perspectives showing up, giving an awareness of something different than maybe where you've been focused before, things like that. And because things are different, because things are happening differently, because things are showing up differently, because we're getting new perspectives on things in a way that perhaps we never really went that far with it before, it can be very frustrating because as we are single focused with our attention, trying to get something done a certain way. And then there's other perspectives coming up, other possibilities, new ways of looking at things, stuff like that. It's not really causing uh, an ease to flow, right? Which then can be extremely frustrating because there's this thing happening and this thing happening and holy crap, this is getting in the way. And oh my gosh, can't you just stop trying to get me to do what you want and just shut up and go away and leave me alone? And whether that's talking to yourself or whether that's talking to somebody else or whatever. It's a time that that kind of thing is happening across multiple 
communities and people and things like that. I really had to look into it. What the heck is going on in the planet right now? And astrology helps point things like that out because there are just energies. There are frequencies. There are vibrations. There are things happening that are not visible to the naked eye. And we don't even have to go into weird things with this, right? Because obviously there's radio waves. Obviously we could sit down and turn our TV on. Obviously we have Wi-Fi. Now that's not stuff that we are literally sitting there watching these waves go in front of our faces to be able to reach our phones so that way we can hit a Google search or whatever. So there's all kinds of things that are happening that we're not aware of that we are exposed to all the 5G, internet, blah, 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 all of these different things that are happening, all of this progress, all of these changes, all of this recreation of things of our past to be able to make it be more productive and beneficial and upgrading and all those kinds of things. There's definitely a time for changing over things that we've had versus completely replacing them with something new and different. It's a time to reflect on where you're at, where you're going, what you want, how you're going to need to be able to get there. Really figuring all these things out because reflection gives us the opportunity to be more purposeful in our directions, bringing into perspective the way that things have possibly worked out or not worked out in the past. So that way, when we do future attempts, we can actually learn from our mistakes in the past. Now, with this being Aries, because apparently Mars is in Aries, so depending on if you understand all of that stuff in the sky and all of that constellation stuff, if we think about Aries and even the god Aries back in earlier times in mythology, these are our passions. This is being bold and energetic and assertive, which when this is our perspective and this is our goal and this is our want, when things are being reflective on the past, it kind of leads to more frustration because it slows us down even more and it makes us not really be able to spearhead super productively charged towards what we're going after, right? So it's kind of like, hold on, slow down, review, reflect, troubleshoot, things like that. One thing that's really good that I want to point out is with passion. So sometimes people think about passion as strong, intense, sexual desire, things like that. And while I'm not going to say that that's not correct, that certainly is correct. That definitely is what's relative there. But it's not all that it is. Passion is just an intensity. It's like a, it's a deep sense of connection to self and being able to express that intensity. We can have a passionate thing that is viewed in a negative way, like anger or deep pain and frustration, or when this affects our sexuality and it incorporates in the way that we represent and establish the way that we interact with other people that is called our boundaries, right? And so this is a huge time to be able to reflect on our boundaries and what's healthy for us, what it is that we want to present to others as where we are and where we stand. Anger is actually extremely healthy depending on how you're presenting yourself with it. So we can be angry. And why are we angry? Because we recognize that there's been a boundary violation and we are helping 
bent, let's just say, on enforcing that boundary and getting the perpetrator of that overstepped boundary to understand, hey, look, no, you're overstepping. You're in a space that I did not give you permission to be in and you need to back the fuck off. And so depending on how loud we are and how we present that could come across to somebody else as a very bad, scary thing, which is why anger and passion and things like that have been given a bad rap because depending on where somebody is standing in that position, if they're in their old wounding and things like that, it can be viewed as aggression and scary and stuff like that. Even the wild throes of passion, sometimes that can be viewed as a very scary perspective to be able to be witnessing that. You no know, religious zealots and things like that. Sometimes, depending on how passionate somebody is, they can appear to others to be mad, right? Like crazy, hysterical, any of those kinds of words you want to use to connect or correlate that, emphasize the understanding, any of that kind of stuff that is actually quite healthy. And all of our emotions are just our way of responding to what's going on in our environment. That's extremely healthy for somebody to, to jump up and say, hey, look, you're violating my boundaries. This is what's appropriate. This is what I allow you to do when you're in an environment with me. That's extremely healthy. Now, depending on how you're venting that, if you try to enforce that boundary by going up to somebody and just start pounding in their face, not exactly the best, most productive way to be able to have that situation handled. Of course, that's taking into consideration consideration, the possibility that that person wasn't doing anything that they needed to be shown in an aggressive way what the boundary was. We don't know in that situation if the person was physically hurting somebody else and that they needed it to be turned back on them in a physical way because that's the only thing that they could respond to. I have no idea. There's all kinds of scenarios that could get linked in this kind of a fictitious situation of possibilities, right? The point is that anything that we feel is completely normal and natural and a healthy response to something that's happening in our environment. What determines whether or not that's something that should be encouraged or not is the way that we respond to those feelings and emotions. So just because I'm feeling angry, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it's actually quite healthy. But if I use that anger to deliberately intentionally hurt somebody else because I want to get them to shut up or so I physically do something to them or or yell at them or intentionally make them cry to make them feel bad about themselves so that way they stop triggering me or whatever, then that's a problem. Like if anybody were to do that, then that's, that's a problem. One thing that I think is very interesting is the defensiveness that comes out of this. So one thing to keep in mind is that even though in just one language of English, there are multiple perspectives on what certain words mean and then the connotations that go along with that. For example, I was talking with somebody who was triggered by something that had happened. And this person, I pointed out, obviously you're triggered right now. That triggered them even more. And they couldn't even acknowledge that they were triggered because of what it means to them to be triggered. And so even though to me being triggered means you're responding in an emotional way to something that happened based on your understanding of what you're witnessing and what everything means to you. And because of something that's so important to you, whether 
it's because it's wounding that has been healed or hasn't been healed. Either way in the past, that's something that you're hugely connected to and it's very important. So I'm going to venture more towards saying it hasn't been completely healed because otherwise, why would it be triggering you? Why would it be attached to an emotional response? And so, yeah, that's that's all that means is that there's something happening that is connecting to something painful in the past and it's making that pain come alive again. And in an attempt to balance that situation and have a different outcome than it has in the past, then people respond emotionally with that, like in an attempt to grasp at straws to be able to fix something, right? But that means that that person is being vulnerable. And people in general, what I've seen, they don't want to feel vulnerable. People don't like feeling vulnerable. They don't want to be witnessed feeling weak or disempowered or anything like that. And so just the fact of acknowledging that you're triggered is too vulnerable for some people to acknowledge. So it's quite interesting, actually, because the person themselves is claiming, for example, I'm not triggered. I'm not triggered. No, there's there's nothing going on with me. I'm, I'm not having an emotional response to anything. I'm not triggered just to be able to witness somebody talking like that, obviously they are. And it's like, there's no logic that's going to be able to get them to see that. The only way that you could do that is if you were recording them and then showed it back to them later, right? It's actually very clear when somebody is having an emotional response, it's pretty obvious that that's what's happening. Whether they want to acknowledge that that's what's happening or not is a completely different story, but it's pretty apparent and obvious when it's happening. This really gets tricky though, when it comes to creating boundaries or enforcing boundaries or laying out boundaries or however you want to think about it because it's healthy for somebody to say hey this is my boundary I say no about getting closer than what this is for you to do something with me you know whatever that's completely and totally appropriate but when it comes to somebody making the decision and making the claim and stating this is my boundary this is completely inappropriate for you to do this with somebody else um yeah that person is overstepping their boundary in thinking that they actually have the right or the entitlements or the privilege or whatever word you want to use to put in there, that they're actually legitimate in their claim to be able to be capable of making that kind of a boundary. I mean, unless you're a child's parent or caregiver or caregiver for somebody who has been declared mentally incapable of making those kinds of safety factor decisions or something like that, like that is not your place. Um, that is not your place. And so it is completely inappropriate for somebody to create boundaries for the way that other people behave that is completely outside of the realm of dealing with them in that particular moment. I see it a lot actually. Not a lot meaning it's super common and everybody does it, but people like that aren't capable of managing their own emotions when dealing with situations. So rather than having to be responsible for themselves, they try to control their environment to be able to keep everything compartmentalized so that way they don't actually have to deal with something. So they pretty much force other people to do what they say, give out ultimatums. If you interact with that person, I won't be your friend anymore. I won't be your spouse anymore. I won't be your lover anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And that is completely not healthy. It's not healthy for that person to feel that they can make those claims. It's not healthy for the autonomy and sovereignty of the people who are being given those restrictions. It's just not healthy all the way around. It's not appropriate. It's very limiting for the people who are being given those restrictions and rules. It's like a crutch for the person who's saying it that the other people allow them to be able to make 
make that claim, that demand, it's not even a request, but that demand gets honored. It's an ultimatum. And so quite frankly, the most beneficial thing to be able to say is that when somebody tries to impose their restrictions on somebody else, the person or people who are that the attempt is to limit, those people need to be able to say, hey, look, you are not making this decision for me. And I'm going to go talk to whoever I want to talk to. I'm going to be interacting with whoever I want to the way that I want to. And if you have a problem with that, then you have to deal with that. And the original person who's trying to make these claims needs to be able to deal with that because that's the problem is that their emotions, they're not capable of handling them. So they try to control their environment. And that does get learned and taught in the family, in the environments. And quite honestly, if they couldn't get away with it as kids, they wouldn't grow into adults who think that they can do it because nobody would let them. They would be laughed at or it would be absurd. There are different stages of that kind of compliance. One is the people or the person being told you have to be restricted because I say so. They either respond in fear of losing out on that person or they do whatever they want and accept whatever the consequences are, which is the healthier way to go, or else they do what they want and hide it from the original person, which is just not a good situation because that means that the person who made the claim, they are feeling relatively safe because they believe that they're in charge of what's going on and that they're mandating that safety when in actuality, they're just being lied to. So that way they can feel comfortable and comforted in their fears or insecurities or awareness that there might be something that could possibly happen, blah, 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 blah. And actually, there is a third option, the third possibility that could come out of somebody giving an ultimatum to somebody else is that the person being restricted can always believe the original person. They can believe that that person will leave and whatever. And then they self-restrict, which then in time is not a healthy option either because they end up becoming very resentful, not only to the other person who restricted them, but to themselves for believing the lie that they had to restrict themselves and that that just can be an explosion of consequences yeah and so anyways yeah creating boundaries is good but you're only allowed to be able to create boundaries for yourself and once you start creating boundaries for somebody else you're imposing on that other person and so yeah this is definitely a time for two steps forward and one step back with moving forward reflecting saying hold on a second wait a minute which is also a boundary thing right because as you open up and then you retract. It's also the time for aggressors to lose. And so if you're reestablishing your boundaries and you're saying, hey, look, wait a minute, then the other side of that means that somebody is trying to impose their intentions on you and that person is being restricted. Now, sometimes people want to turn that around and make it seem like it's a bad thing. And it's like, well, no, actually, you're finally being put back where you belong in your own space instead of taking over some else is feeling like you have the right to the authority, the whatever word you want to use in that to be able to impose your will onto somebody else. So in that reflect, make sure what you're moving forward in is what you want to move forward in. Take some time reaffirm where your boundaries are and understand that you're responsible for yourself. Everybody is autonomous. If you're a parent or a caregiver for somebody else, then yeah, guess what? 
age appropriately and competency appropriately, everybody has a right to be able to create their own boundaries. And they don't really have to have an excuse for it. And they don't have to have a really long reason for it. And it might be difficult to hear somebody tell you no, but... If you want people to accept when you tell them no, then you have to be able to accept when others tell you no. And that's just how it goes. So then what are the goals during this time period? What is the best outcome? Quite honestly, for everybody to wise up, grow up, to be able to recognize, to balance and make sense out of how it's most beneficial for everybody involved to be able to continue to move forward and getting perspective on that is apparently what this time is for that started last week and is going to continue on and through practically the middle of November, according to the planets. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. All right, everybody, that ends our episode for today. I hope you were able to get some helpful information to be able to live more naturally. So if you like what I had to say today and you found it beneficial or helpful, please go ahead and share. And if there's anything going on where you need to find a naturopathic doctor or for any reason you need somebody to talk to, please go ahead and call me at 586-405-7618. Or you can find me online at canassist.me. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-S-I-S-T dot M-E. This is Dr. Francis saying, Enjoy, have fun, 